thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. And we'll open the show with some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. Four astronauts in the SpaceX Crew Dragon Endeavor capsule splashed down in the Gulf of Mexico late Monday, capping a nearly 200-day stay in orbit. The spacecraft splashed down at approximately 10.33 p.m. Eastern Time off the coast of Pensacola, Florida. The crew spent a total of 199 days in orbit, surpassing the record for longest spaceflight by a U.S. crew spacecraft. Linda Carter is confirmed to return in the third installment of the Wonder Woman movie series. Carter, who of course famously played the Amazon princess on television between 1975 and 1979, appeared in a cameo role in Wonder Woman 1984. She portrayed Asteria, a legendary Amazon warrior. Carter will, will reprise that role in the coming film. Star Trek Prodigy has been officially renewed for a second season on Paramount+. Plus. While executive producer Heather Caden has said previously that the show would return for a season two, those comments had been unconfirmed. New episodes of the first half of season one debut through next Thursday. The remaining five episodes of the first half will resume airing on Thursday, January 6th. And the remaining 10 episodes of the first season will air later in 2022 on Paramount+. Season one will also air on Nickelodeon, although no date for the premiere has been set. Prodigy had originally been developed for Nickelodeon prior to being shifted over to Paramount Plus with the other new Star Trek content produced by Viacom CBS in recent years. Heritage Auctions has reportedly sold the screen-used phaser rifle from Star Trek The Original Series Second Pilot. The prop fetched $615,000 at auction. The phaser rifle was last sold in 2012 at a Julian's Hollywood Legends auction for a price of over $231,000. Yesterday was Disney Plus Day, officially marking the second anniversary of the launch of the streaming service. And as you might imagine, there was a wealth of content for Marvel and Star Wars, which included new trailers, some of which you can view on one of the FF social media platforms. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. Jonestown 
Pennsylvania will be recognizing its native son, Steve Ditko. The Bottle Works Ethnic Arts Center, along with the Ditko Estate and the support of Marvel Comics, will create three public art pieces honoring the late comic creator. The first mural will feature Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and will be the only Marvel Comics-approved public art piece anywhere in the world. The installation is set to begin next spring. The location of the second mural has been identified and officials are currently seeking a site for the third, which will be somewhere in the city's West End where Ditko grew up. And some sad news this week as Dean Stockwell passed away on November 7th. The American actor was best known to genre audiences for his work on Quantum Leap, David Lynch's Dune, Captain Planet and the Planeteers animated series, Battlestar Galactica, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, Star Trek Enterprise, and Stargate SG-1. He was 85. Today, we're talking about some of those new... Today, we're talking about some of those news items and more. Joining me for this discussion are Roberto Ortiz and Drew Bittner. Hello. 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 Nice. Glad to be here. Hello. Indeed. Yeah. Yay. So, before we actually started the broadcast, we were talking a little bit about Comic Book Workers United. Good and luck with that. I, <laughs> 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 well, I had I had been interested in having a, a serious discussion about Comic Workers United, but. It's been kind of problematic. I mean, one thing is there has not been any new information that has uh, come out about that. And uh, what I have found historically is it's kind of difficult getting uh, comic book talent to talk <laughs> about unionization. Blackbolt. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there you go. And... One of the things that we had been talking about that I had just wanted to mention uh, is the way that generally management falls into lockstep when trying to suppress organized labor, yep. which is Very essentially much. what we're seeing. And uh, that has been consistent with the experience that I have had because, uh, and, and Drew, um, you can, uh, I guess, validate this mm -hmm. uh, to to a degree uh, you know as um, you know somebody who has worked in the comics industry because yeah I mean there are people who are willing to talk off the record as far as what their feelings are but the minute you turn a camera on or you put a hot mic in front of somebody's face my experience has been that a lot of people clam up or they go the opposite uh, direction on you and I was uh, mentioning last week on the show that I have had the experience of talking to people in the comics industry. Uh, this would be executives in the industry, who uh, one of whom, in so many words, told told me I was an idiot. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, but I can absolutely, absolutely understand. How this is the case, and Roberto. No, you no, were... you're an idiot because definitely you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I have my moments. Just ask my wife. But uh, I, I, you were saying something about 
the uh, special effects industry. Yeah. And um, I'd like you to elaborate a little bit on that because uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting was the consistency yep. in terms of the management reaction. Between nine, between the 90s and 2000, there was a period of a growth in the visual effects industry. It, it exploded in terms of all the sudden computer graphics were beginning to catch up and people realized that a lot of the things they had in mind that they wanted to show on screen, they could do it now. Uh, ILM basically was a pioneer of a lot of techniques that are being used in the present in the 90s. But one thing that we observed is that there was this explosion of need for this type of work and need for talent but also there was an explosion of visual effects houses left and right going under because the, the, the studios basically could overwork to that the different companies and have them beat against each other. Mm -hmm. And the fascinating thing is that back in those days, I remember, people, even if they brought up the idea that the workers in the industry should organize and unionize, they will be shut down and laughed out of the room because they, the workers themselves were approaching it from the Silicon Valley mentality that, oh yes, I'll work very hard, I don't show who I am. And the studios themselves basically were taking advantage of this. And there's allegations that, that have been proven true that there was some behind the scenes shenanigans between the different studios, specifically in terms of the, uh, the HR departments that were coordinating with each other. Mm. This is actually, you can Google it. This oh, happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I, the reason I'm making a face is I'm not surprised at such shenanigans taking place. And it's what I was referring to when I mentioned the management being in lockstep. And I mean, of course, labor has the power, but you have to be able to exert that power. Is the <laughs> no, and, and as you know, labor has to be in complete lockstep in order to be successful because you can't have anybody cross the picket line. I mean, if you're in a strike situation, but in any case, you can't have anybody who is willing to do the work absent some sort of agreement that is going to be beneficial to all of labor. And regrettably, particularly in an industry like the one you're describing, where there's so many people who are out of work and who are in need of jobs, that the studio knows they can reach out and get people. Now, of course, it, we're talking about a varying levels of quality, technically. Yeah. But to a point, that's not going to matter to the studio. But the problem is basically is that, I'll give you an example of, from my experience. There's like, people confuse visual effects with animation, right? Toy well, yeah, they're two different things. Oh, they are. But the problem is that in terms of the visuals, People think, oh, well, I've seen fancy graphics when they're the same. No. Visual effects are specifically, uh, especially the studios like Digital Domain, uh, Weta, and studios like that do images that you see on screen. But the thing is that sometimes Weta does things that basically cross over uh, motion picture company to into the realm of animation. So that's kind of a gray area. The thing is that if you go to Hollywood, and if you go to Disney, and if you go to the Cartoon Network, there's a union for animators. Mm. Okay. And those animators, for that union, mm -hmm. people can actually retire. And I've seen it happen. What a concept. 
where you can have a career mm -hmm. doing animation and basically retire in your 50s or 60s. In the visual effects industry, on the other hand, yeah, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. And the average age of retirement, Google this too, is about 35, where people just burn out and say, I cannot do this anymore. And I'll, I'll jump in on the whole issue about comic book workers yes. because this is, I, I've, I've been there. Um, and I will say that the, the fact of the matter is you have thousands and thousands of people yep. every year who want to break into the industry and they don't really care what page rate they get. They just want to be in. Mm, mm -hmm. And so the idea of approaching them and saying, well, if you want to get in, you have to join a union first is just, it's a non-starter. Agreed. Mm. And the, the problem is that as long as you can replace industry veterans with cheaper help that is not as good, not as seasoned, not as talented, but they will do the work and they'll get the books out, mm -hmm. um, the companies don't care very much. And I mean, you talk to the old guys, the old timers who are doing the con circuit now, and they'll tell you they can't get a break. They can't get a, a, a meeting at the big companies because they're simply going to command a page rate that the companies don't want to pay. Mm -hmm. And comic books is not a lucrative business these no, it's days. Not. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it, it is not a healthy industry. They don't make a lot of money on these books. The fact of the matter is that for Marvel and DC, the value of these books lies in the IP they, they represent, mm -hmm. and it looks better for them to continue to have comic books and trades on the stands, on the shelves every month, you know, supporting the fact that these characters exist, than to just wrap it up and say, yeah, it's not, it's not working for us anymore, we're going to stop publishing. X-Men and Avengers and Superman and Batman because they're just not profitable even though the, the movies are going to still come out. Mm -hmm. oh. Well, and particularly when you consider that from a business perspective, if the costs associated with maintaining the comics industry can be kept low enough, then it doesn't matter to them and their value as IP is unchanged. Well, and the, and the fact mm -hmm. is that you never know when, like, a Jonathan Nickman may come along and create the next major thing yeah. for X-Men. Well, exactly. Or Dan Slott may create the next brilliant thing for Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. um, you, you just don't know. And the fact and that, that has value that, also. Yeah, and, and it, it continues to generate more material for the eventual profitable stuff. But one mm -hmm. thing I blame, I'm going to go mean, I directly blame the artists, and here's why. And I blame society, because for two things. <laughs> I blame <Because>, television. <laughs> no, but it's because they... Um, well, it's all... Uh, thanks, Obama. <laughs> I, I, no, well, almost, I'm almost there, but here's why. I talk to other young artists, and it's like I sit down with them, and they tell me all this nonsense about intellectual property, and all this nonsense about IP, all this nonsense, and I try... It's like talking to a rock, trying to explain to them, your work has value. Mm -hmm. Your intellectual property has value. Yeah. There's such thing as copyright. Read about it, specifically in terms of the rights you have as an artist over your own work. For example, most kids don't understand that a picture you take, they cannot just simply take it off the internet, a company, and use it. That's illegal, and then you can actually sue them in court and win. Mm -hmm. And kids If don't you're willing to take that work, and file the suit and pursue it, you know? But so that's why there's such things as copyrights. Because exactly. when copyright, you don't even have to take it to court. You just say, hey, 
and that's it. And one thing I've been ex been passionate of my career is explaining to artists intellectual property is a thing. Your work has value. Don't get screwed over. That's, Look at the music that's, that's industry. One of the, that's one mm -hmm. of the things. I, I agree completely. And that's one of the things that consistently creators fall into the trap Cut, of not yes. valuing what they do. They, the thing with hey, Taylor hey, Swift, hold, do you heard hold, about that? Hold, hold, hold that thought yeah. for just a second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner and Roberto Ortiz. And um, one of you was saying something. They think with Taylor Swift. You guys wonder why all of a sudden Taylor Swift is re-recording hell. No, I know, I know why. <laughs> why? Well, this guy that she absolutely hated and did not want to be in business with has the access and, and ownership of her original masters to her mm. old albums. And so she has said, I'm going to re-record all those things so that the only version being played now is the stuff that I'm uh, doing now yes. mm -hmm. so that his old masters won't be worth anything. And the thing is that what kids have to understand is basically is that the industry, these companies, the music industry, the comic book industry, these companies are going to screw you. That's what they do. Yeah. It's fine. Well, and they can do it legally too. Yes. It's, it's their job mm -hmm. to maximize profit at the expense of whatever. And the fact is that as long as people line up to work in that assembly line, they have a ready-made market mm -hmm. of labor, they have a ready pool of people eager to do this to, that just want to work on Superman or Batman or Spider-Man mm -hmm. or whatever. And they will put themselves through an absolutely miserable existence because, in order to do because that. they're working on Spider-Man. Yeah, and realizing that lifelong dream exactly. of yeah. working on this character. And mm -hmm. the problem basically is that they have enough creativity to come up with their own ideas, their own creations. I mean, if you're a comic book artist, seriously, take a storytelling class. Take a something specifically to help you in the areas <clears throat> that you're not as good or partner with a writer. And the internet is there where you can actually try to publish on your own and not necessarily do it because you want to make money. Do it so you can actually develop a, uh, your IP and treat it as IP, as a profession. If as you're going to be a creator, you have to learn how to be a business yes. person. And mm -hmm. that's important because, you know, nobody will be looking up for your interests. And whether there's an, mm -hmm. whether there is a union or not, Neil Adams tried this in the 70s. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, he wanted this. The image guys broke away from Marvel because they wanted control <laughs> over their the stuff. And now they are the man. Mm -hmm. And I have personal experience of that. <laughs> I have experience about how that worked. So, you know, I but, mean, you know, the fact of the matter is that companies all work the same when it gets right down to it. Yeah. And no matter what their principles, their guiding mission statement or whatever, they all operate the same. They all want to make money and they all want to use the assets that they have, which are talented people, in order to do that. But the thing I tell people is be like Taylor Swift. I cannot believe I'm defending her because I don't like her music, but holy moly, that girl is... In, it's As a business person, that was a very shrewd decision Well, she has a, she a lot. You know that specifically the streaming uh, deal that basically she did that's considered to be revolutionary, that she was streaming, streaming the same way as uh, sales? Mm. That basically changed how they... Google mm. that. Taylor Swift has been really good in terms of understanding the value of her work. If you are a creator, I don't care what you do, your work has, has value. value. There you go. Google yeah. your copyrights 
an intellect. I mean, you can copyright most of your work. You can create a trademark. Google it. And whoever tells you you're selling out or something like that, take that person to the back and shoot them. Not literally, but <laughs> slap the person take, take at least. Take them to the back and beat them up. Yes. <laughs> well, That's just you do. I- ignore, their, ignore bad advice. Even better. Ignore yes. bad advice. Yeah. And and be, be rest, rest assured, you will get tons and tons of bad advice. God, mm. yes. The whole thing mm-hmm. about being, ex- you're doing this or expressing just No, you're not. This is... Do not do not work for exposure. Do God, not no. work for less than a professional wage because what you are doing is of value to mm-hmm. someone, and if it is of value, they can pay you for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, and you have a responsibility to other professionals who are doing the similar type of work. And yes. if you devalue your work, they're devaluing you are their deva- work exactly because you're yeah. willing to work cheaper, and that means the man is going to come to you. It means and you you're are undercutting. The, it means you are the scab. Exactly. If, yeah, if you don't find a scab in the room you probably hit (laughs) (laughs) and and companies don't want to tell you what their page rate's gonna be of course not because they don't want you to know they don't want you to know what uh you know the superstars are getting versus what the (laughs) the rookies are getting versus what the mid-grade talent is getting well how much do you need (laughs) and the fact is you have to negotiate that yourself yeah and Mm -hmm. the fact is you may have to be prepared to walk away from an offer. If mm. you're a comic book creator, you may have to say it's not enough. I, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't afford that offer. Mm-hmm. And the amount of work, basically, the the professionals, the page rate is brutal. And that's a, the thing. Another thing the kids don't understand is that the level I, I collect art, and one of the things I notice specifically is I compare the art from the 19th to the art of the present. And holy moly, the the amount of they're basically hiding a lot of arts from Europe because the amount of detail and expert knowledge of anatomy and all that is incredibly high so keep in mind that basically the expectations of what for you in terms of the industry are incredibly difficult so you might be better off if you want to express yourself as an artist to go another way i mean we're all farts and we can tell you that back in the day there was no way for us to basically develop content and release it out there and now with the internet there's a way I mean, well, it, it was certainly a lot more difficult. I mean, I, one oh, of the things God, that yeah. I look at uh, in terms of creator-owned, um, Saber, uh, Don, yeah. Don McGregor, Saber. Yeah. I mean, and that was that was groundbreaking. That was revolutionary at the time. You know, it's like, oh, you know, but I, I hear you, Roberto, and finding, a, finding an outlet through which you, because at the time, you had to find somebody who was willing to publish You had to, to print it. Stuff. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You had to mm-hmm. print it in the conventions. You had to basically make photocopies of that. You made fanzines. Fanzines, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And bring them on and sell them. And that's that's how we basically mm-hmm. got exposure back and then. And that's well, how people still do it at SPS. I was getting ready to say, thank yeah. you. Thank you for throwing that in. But look, um, I, I, in some ways, actually, heck, I felt the, the statements you guys made a couple of minutes ago uh, were uh, sort of the the uh, summarized everything perfectly in terms of all this. Uh, what I'm waiting for now is for there to be some uh, new news about uh, Image Comics, uh, Comic Book Workers United, and uh, finding out whether or not Image Comics will actually recognize the union, which it sounds like they're not going to do voluntarily, and what's going to happen with that. You know, I bet you we, cash mm-hmm. they re- re- relocate the, their offices. 
I bet you, gosh, that's what's going to happen. Well, I mean, the, the thing is that the union's going to have to prove that it can actually do things for the members. It, it can't just exist in, mm-hmm. in a vacuum and in an abstract. It has to show that, yes, we can, we can demand a page rate that is a certain minimum. We can demand that if you are working on books, you have the option of buying into insurance or what have but you. But the thing is that the cynical side of me thinks that Image Comics is one of the last holdouts of independent uh, studios out there. Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. Disney owns Marvel. Image Comics happens to be independent, and they have a lot of IP that works, works a lot. Yeah. And the last, what they're probably thinking, if I was thinking management and, and evil, is that the value of the company would be undercut if the workers within the company happen to be unionized. If you're, if you're, if you're selling a company, but the thing is, the company is made up of several different studios, so it's not really the case you can sell Image Comics per se. You have to sell, you, you can sell Image Central, but you can't sell Image with Todd McFarlane mm. and Top Cow and, you know, all the others. How much is Todd McFarlane involved with that nonsense? Uh, what's his take on it? Yeah. On unionization? Yeah. Well, anything? I mean, he's he's sort of the alpha creator for TMP. So he's like, am I going to unionize myself? I, I, I don't know that he has much to say about it. Hmm. But I'm guessing he would prefer that like guys like Greg Capullo and all of them don't unionize because that would not be... That's a fantastic question. It's like, has anybody actually followed through with the original founders of Image, what they had to say Well, if this? they're willing to go on the record. Yeah. Uh, yeah, know, which, record, yeah which is a serious if. And hey. the, the only the only one that has a real you mm. know, angle in this would be Mark Silvestri because he's the one that has a stable of artists working for him. Yeah. Like Eric Larson is a solo act. Todd McFarlane has a very small mm. group working for him right now. Mm-hmm. So the only one that would really be affected might be Mark... And well, and knows? is this stable under image or is it just it's generally? Top, it's top cow. Oh, okay, all right. Now, see, because um, uh, there was IO9 did an interview uh, with Comic Book Workers United, and uh, so here, I, th- this is relevant. Question Many of those concerns you've listed are images or issues, sorry, are issues similarly faced by the freelance contractors who work with comic book publishers across the industry. Beyond the organization of employees at image, does CBWU plan to take on an advocacy role for contract workers on a larger scale? Here's the answer. Comic Book Workers United uh, PDX is strictly for full-time workers of Image Comics. Though there is dire need for representation among the creatives who we serve and who really make the industry the amazing place it is, American labor law as it currently stands simply makes that sort of representation Mm. impossible. Inequitable working conditions are sadly the norm in this industry and other industries that rely largely on independent freelance creative talent, and there's not a lot we can do about that. That said... We're aware of the privilege we have as full-time workers in an industry where that is not the norm, and we hope that we can use this position we find ourselves in now to facilitate a conversation that comics professionals have been trying to have for decades. This union is under is unprecedented, though not for lack of trying on the part of the comics professionals, and we're hoping that it will be the foothold others in the industry need to advocate for themselves as well. Mm -hmm. For now, we can only wholeheartedly encourage freelancers to start a guild for their protection and ask those who read and enjoy comics 
to stay conscious of the injustice that contract workers in the U.S. face every day. But in the future, we hope that CBWU will serve as a larger umbrella organization to advocate for workers' rights in the comic book industry as a whole. Good luck with that, because the rest of the industry is going to directly or indirectly support Image. Mm-hmm. To make sure this doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, as a business decision, uh, you know, that's that is exactly what one would expect. Sure, and I mean, none of that will be a surprise. That this is this is the style of management across every industry. Yeah, you know, this is this is an issue of management versus labor, and the fact is, as Yuli said before, if you if labor does not stand united, if they don't stand as a block, as a group, you know, committed to everybody's on everybody's on the line here then it will not work and the problem is basically is that a lot of people don't understand that the mentality of management true or not is that everybody is replaceable with them so yeah you're just a cog in the machine and they'll find somebody like you who'll be basically willing to pull the hours you are a, a replaceable cog and yeah. you can be a superstar or you can be a backbencher it doesn't really matter well, uh, we sound mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't matter at the point at which what we're discussing. If you're a superstar, it only matters when they're promoting your material. Yeah, but the problem is <laughs> basically... But, but the, problem, the problem is that everybody in this industry, the superstars and everyone, if you don't know that superstars only last a certain amount of time, Bingo. then you're not paying attention. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. a superstar for a finite period. And once your star is has waned, you are essentially a nobody in the industry. Which explains mm. why Jim Lee had no problem jumping into management when he had the chance. And I'll blame well, it's him. It was a smart decision. It was yes, a smart decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> you know, and he's he got what he wanted out of these business deals. And I, I respect that. Yes. You know. And we're not saying specifically that there's no need for management, but as an artist, you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, no doubt. All right, well, look, so uh, that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break. Of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. Among other things, that means that we are non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at arlingtonmedia.org to find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community media, community radio, today. I promise it'll make you feel good inside, especially now that we are approaching the holidays. So look, We're going to get into it in the second half of the show, coming right up with Disney Plus Day. A lot of great stuff to come out of that, and we're really excited to talk about it. So stick around, because Drew and Roberto and I will be right back right after this. And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. 
and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Drew Bittner. And here in the second half of the show, we're going to get into some of the stuff that came out of Disney Plus Day. What is Disney Plus Day, you ask? Well, it's the second anniversary of the launch of Disney's (coughs) very own streaming service. Hard to believe that it's only been two years since we got the Mandalorian, which to me is like that was hey that was the reason that I subscribed, <laughs> and I've been very pleased with some of the other offerings that have come through. There you go. And uh, I, I'm going to start by uh, it, well hey, <laughs> it's like it's almost like what do you want to talk about that came out of this thing? Okay. I mean they had all sorts of Star Wars stuff. There was Obi-Wan Kenobi, there was She-Hulk, there was Moon Knight. I mean, yeah. although yeah. She-Hulk, and, and not everybody uh, it accepted this fan service as gleefully as I. But, <laughs> it won't be me. Uh. Yeah, but I tell you what, uh, when she says, don't make me angry, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> I was like... Ah, you know, shades of Bill Bixby, because that was one of those signature lines. I, I did kind of wonder where Mark Ruffalo was looking in that shot. Seems like he's kind of looking off into space in a different, like at some kind of angle. Like, what's he even looking at? <laughs> well, he always looks weird. It's like that's why he would be be a great Colombo because he's like. Where, what's Mark looking at in that scene? Good God, he has like weird eyes. He actually would be a pretty good Columbo. You know, I was just that. That is that would be an, an inspired bit of casting. Yeah. <laughs> if they were I to my go moment. back to uh, that. As Lieutenant Columbo. <laughs> yeah. That could work. Oh, just one more thing. <laughs> just one more thing, mister. Yeah. So, how did you guys think? I mean, because to me, She-Hulk, well, She-Hulk and, 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 and the Moon Knight stuff. I, I was like, like pretty I, like, ooh. But see, I'm a Moon Knight fan. My, Why? I've been... Why? Moon Knight. What in the heck? Get out of my booth! He's no, Marvel Batman. <laughs> he's like he's like Batman light. It's like he needs a stool to basically be as high to be able to be kiss Batman's ass. In oh my god! I really don't like Moon Knight. Wow. Hey, clearly. So you never read any of that uh, some, Bill Sinkevich stuff from back in the day? Oh man, let me yeah. tell you something. Uh, Moon Knight. Yes, there are obviously going to be a certain number of characters who are similar to Batman. No kidding. I mean, the <laughs> Shroud, Nighthawk. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> Moon Knight, of course, is Midnighter. One of them. Yeah, Midnight. That's yes. Oh, good gracious. You know, but no shortage of them. But Moon Knight is kind of even extra extra. I mean, you know, certainly yes. There is some psychosis yeah. to Batman's personality, but Moon Knight is just straight up crazy. <laughs> you know? Mark, Multiple personalities, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good luck in terms. Of, and I, I, I can accept that, and I, I'm halfway kidding. I'm looking forward to that. You're only halfway. But yeah, but I. Well, what were you looking forward to? Chihuahua. Oh well, there you go. Because you I'm go. a big fan of the John Byrne. I have the only one. My 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 reaction to the Marvel segment was that they packed an awful lot of here's what we've already done yeah. into that bit, and it's like, okay, so if you haven't watched WandaVision and Falcon and Loki and what if, it's like you know, great, you know, you haven't seen all of this stuff yet, but I'm like, I really want to see what's coming up next, and the fact that they kind of blurred through. A whole ton of things that look really, really cool. 
but didn't show us anything. We cannot talk about it because we haven't done anything. Them. Okay, okay. The <laughs> search for subscribers continues. This I'm, this endeavor is only two years old, but I'm, but and I'm there are a lot of like, people who aren't like us who haven't bought into it. Well, <clears throat> but at the same time, sort of like would it would it have killed them to say, you know, we're doing this in you know. They can with a couple things. They they can. They just chose not to. Well, the problem is basically they're thinking of um, the investors that, let's say, oh yes, here's the problem. The ETC, how do you pronounce it? ETC Union has not the contract has not been ratified yet. So the problem they have specifically is that, and there's a chance this might happen, if that contract is not ratified, it means a lot of the stuff that is in production. Black Panther gets slowed down. Gets slowed down a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. yeah. Depending on how long the, the strike yeah. is. And if they mm-hmm. announce dates, they're thinking that, and I kind of def- believe I'm going to defend them, they're thinking we would look bad if we say this is going to come out next year. And it slips. And it slips. And it slips. And it slips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from the person, I mean, certainly, and I, I appreciate that the first thing you said was they're concerned about the investors. You know? Yeah. Because, yes, I mean, all of this from that perspective makes. Total sense. It, it totally does. I mean, but but at the same time, as a fan, I have to be like, there's a lot of great stuff. Looks oh like yeah, in the pipeline. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited about um I'm I'm excited about She Hulk. I'm excited about. I'm looking forward to Moon Knight. I'm looking forward to Hawkeye. I think Hawkeye, the Hawkeye stuff that we saw, looks pretty good. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. You know, and that's well, coming up in a couple weeks. I was getting ready to say. I mean, that's in the can now. We that's, know we're going to get Hawkeye soon. one way or the but, other. But yeah. the fact that we're getting Agatha Harkness and Echo, Miss Marvel, Miss well, Miss Marvel, we knew about, yeah. but it, but mm. I mean, Agatha Harkness hadn't really been announced, and yeah, Echo like hadn't really thing, been yeah. talked mm. about. I mean, it had been said, but I mean, it suggests that their their plan is much, much, much bigger than we really known like marvel zombies we'll get an actual marvel zombies series what is that live action or is that well animated we'll animated, look, we'll we'll animated but are they uh, probably a la what if i don't I, yeah i think it'll be in the same vein because I, d- I don't think that they're they're really going to be able to get back the actors to reprise those nah, parts as zombies so. yeah so you know that would be a problem yeah so. <laughs> yeah and that, that's more of a movie kind of thing i mean yeah. with what you have to pay some of these people you know i here <sighs> I, I don't want to see Marvel zombies. <laughs> I, agree I really with you. don't. I mean, I am so tired of the zombie stuff. I tapped out on all these Walking Dead uh, sequels, spinoffs a long time ago, and I actually worked on World Beyond. You I, know, and yeah. but and and I'll tell you something. <clears throat> I watched did, it. Did you make it? Or were you killed? Oh no no I I. <laughs> Well, I was I played a zombie on oh, like okay. this one where <laughs> you so died, yeah, but um, I I worked on the on the first pilot that they ended up reshooting because I understand I, as you may recall they screened at least part of it at New York Comic Con mm-hmm. and the reaction was not good. Yes, in fact, the reaction was bad, Ooh. very bad. I mean, it essentially it it was it was terrible. Wow. And so they ended up having to kind of go back to the drawing board. I wow. did not work on the second pilot. Ah. Well, and, but, and the show itself was canceled now, right? Yes, it was. It's It didn't last mm. like, what, two and a half years or three it, years? No, uh, I think it lasted two seasons. Yeah, basically. Gee, that's you know, not good. But it huh? was, yeah. you know, look, if you wanted to do the zombie apocalypse from the perspective of a young people or a young person, then you need Carl. 
It's like coral, coral, you know that, coral. and that's what that's the way they should have played that. And instead, they went in another way altogether. Yeah. I mean, it would have made a lot more sense to just spin that young man off into his own show. Well, he he died, and, so <laughs> yeah, yeah well, he was killed. You know? yeah. <laughs> he was killed. Chandler, and, Chandler Riggs wanted to do other things. He wanted to go to college, so they let him go. <laughs> well, literally, I, I I understood that because he was getting ready to be an adult legally. And it would have changed his status in oh. terms of what he was going to have to be compensated. Bingo! They we have an to... answer! <laughs> yeah, the decision I, was I had, made. I had not you, known that. To cut him loose. <laughs> you know? now it's, Before it's we got to pay you adult salary, son. Wow. Wow. This wow. industry is like, no but, mercy, huh? But, but, I'll, but I'll tell you, I mean, for all, for all that we saw in that, I mean, I... I, I Thought the Marvel stuff was pretty exciting. Yeah. The Pixar stuff that I saw left me kind of underwhelmed. I'm like, uh, it's not, it's not really working. Why did they show me. about Pixar? That they had like a six minute bit with Pete Doctor walking around the Pixar campus and running into people, you know, just just running into <laughs> people okay. that are directing like their upcoming stuff. And like the, one of the big announcements was where the cable guy announced Cars on the Road, which That's will be cool. reteaming Owen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy as their characters Lightning McQueen and and Mater on in a series of animated short I Mater guess it'll be was animated the broken shorts. down truck guy he's, yeah. thing. He's a, he's a tow truck. The yes. Baymax actually stuff impressed me. The the Baymax show, which is not part of Pixar, this is Disney Walt Disney Studios. Uh they're doing a Baymax show oh. um, in Big Hero Six. And Again, from the point of view of somebody who does computer graphics, one pattern I've been noticing with Disney Plus is that the quality of the stuff they're putting now on screen, even for what would be considered film, uh, TV uh, projects, looks the same as film. And yeah. that's impressive as hell. If you look at Dog Days, they can do that. Look at Dog Days. The, the yeah. stuff they did oh, yeah. spin out, spins out from up. Um, there's, a, there's I think, it's a six episodes yes. or something. And it's Ed Asner's last work. Yeah, that was just um, cool. He did but that. it's awesome, and they got the kid that did Russell, yeah. and they got, you know, they got all the voice cast back, and the voice cast actually expanded quite a bit from where they were, and it's great. And but but the thing is, like, they don't talk about that. They're kind of looking forward with all these things, and it was kind of cool to see that you know Jungle Cruise is now streaming, and Shang Chi is now streaming, and. You got an awful lot more stuff that's streaming now, and they added a lot of movies in that were sort of out in space somewhere. It's like Disney basically Ooh. bragging on how much IP they have. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of patting ourselves on the back, but at the same time, we're like, you know, yeah, there's some cool stuff in the pipeline. And just like, because yeah, we have nothing you're better trying to, do. to get more subscribers. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game of here. You know, are you going to watch Shang Chi again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Jungle Cruise. I like the Jungle Cruise a lot. The what? Jungle Cruise. Jungle, Jungle Cruise. I, I yeah. saw some of that last night that we had to go out, so I'm, I'm going to have mm. to go back and watch the rest of that. Right, you know what? Mm. The announcement that blew my mind, and it's not part of Disney Plus, it's part of Hulu. Oh, well, wait, wait. Then let's not go no, there. No, no, no. <laughs> it's part of, because Disney's evil. They basically released this also the same day. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, though, because we haven't even talked about any of the Star Wars stuff. Oh, yes, yes, And, yes. you know, that, that whole uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series... You know, where now they've said that Hayden Christensen yes. is going to reprise his role Force as Darth Ghost, Vader. Duh. Yeah, and yeah. apparently now Obi Wan and Darth Vader get to fight again. So there uh, is some intermediate fight 
between the Battle of the Fates, sorry, Duel of the Fates, rather, and then their ill-fated final conflict in A New Hope. Thank you, Kaj, that is a dream. Oh, you think? Yeah, I think they're going to... We can do so many things with the Force. You can actually say that he has force, uh, force visions, they can make it a Force vision that he has about him, they can make it uh, specifically that it's a force. Uh, since Darth Vader basically is alive in that period, uh, they can make it that he's having visions specifically on how he's going to die. They could make that too. They, they, there's a lot they can do. And Hayden coming back, basically, that means that Vader himself is going to be a factor behind this. I, I don't think they feel really beholden to the story that was laid down in Star Wars on Star Wars. Hey, hey, hold that thought just one second, because you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Drew Bittner, two of the more stalwart Fantastic <laughs> Forum panelists, been with us from the very beginning, and we've just been we have crushing the it to today. It. We do. We've been we crushing do. it, and uh, we're currently talking about Disney Plus Day, which is uh, marks the second anniversary yeah. of the launch of the streaming service, and Disney left no stone unturned in its effort to generate more subscribers for its streaming service. Subscribers is money. the name of the game. <clears throat> well, well yeah, and, and it, something else I was reading was that apparently Netflix value has now increased beyond that of Disney+. Plus. Wow. I'm not surprised. But no, I'm a little surprised. I can't tell you why, because part of the thing is that the analysts, being the jerks they are, they basically see company as a company, uh, as a corporation that has a lot of overhead because they have a lot of auxiliary markets, and Netflix just does content. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. And well, they, they don't have a campus in California; they have to maintain and all that other stuff. So. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. that's that's how those market analysts work. They're cold-blooded bastards. Well, <laughs> you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Anyway, so right, yeah, but back to <laughs> back to the okay. The so what else did they show about Star Wars? I didn't see that part. I know oh, they the showed Boba Fett be... stuff. Yeah, the, Boba that's stuff gonna, cool. that's that's in the can, so that's yeah. gonna be awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, but that yeah, I was gonna yeah. Thank you. I, you. You said took the words right out of my mouth. It's in the can. Yeah, but it's gonna be awesome. The fact that it's in the can doesn't make it any more awesome. In fact, the fact that it's in the can to me makes it even more awesome because we know we're gonna get it. Yeah, it, you yeah. know, and we don't have to worry about uh, the likelihood and actually, or possibility Obi-Wan of strength. Actually, Obi Wan just is filming. I saw that. What? They just literally finished filming a couple of weeks ago. Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no uh, Obi-Wan. 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 They've been mm-hmm. filming for almost a year. Uh, wow. And yes, they've been filming forever. <clears throat> and because COVID basically threw a monkey. That and, did they speak about the Andor show? Because that show also has been... Filmed. Andor, yeah. Andor's coming up. Yeah, because that show has been on Cassie the... Cassian and Andor. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad idea if they can make it work. Yeah. Uh, Which is pretty mm-hmm. good. And I, I won't be surprised if they come back around to the idea of doing Rangers of the New Republic at mm. some point, even though they lost the star that they were going to build the show around. Do you think they can? Mm. She, they might reconsider bringing her back? No. Wow. No. You know, I, I, I remember seeing something, and I don't think this was actually a part of Disney Plus Day, but I'm going to mention it anyway, because, um, of course, 
uh, what's her face, who had directed the Wonder Woman movies? Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, yeah. yeah. She's doing... Um, Rose the, Exactly. Yeah. And that was delayed. Yes. It's, it's, not, it's not delayed. It's pulled from the schedule oh, now. Oh, it's pulled from the schedule. Yes, yeah. because right. I, there's stuff happening in this Star Wars division that I heard rumors about. There's like two Anything camps. you can talk about? I heard a rumor that basically there's two caps. Uh, there's the ones... The Dave Filoni camp? The Dave Filoni camp. <laughs> yeah. And the Dave Filoni and... John Favreau. John Favreau camp. Mm-hmm. And Sounds like a pretty good camp. And yeah. the uh, Catherine Kennedy camp. And well, Kathleen Kennedy well, is the president of the Yeah, camp. Yeah, the thing is that Kathleen Kennedy is not, you know, I mean, I would, I would bet money on the Dave Filoni Favreau camp. Because, well, why do you think that there's yeah. a civil war going on? Well, but, uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and Disney's going to have to solve this because, frankly, I mean, not to not to run down a female executive, but the fact is that Kathleen Kennedy has greenlit some pretty bad movies. Thank you, and that's mm. the problem they're having. Because the she, doesn't have, she doesn't have a great track record as president of Lucasfilm. And Dave mm-hmm. Filoni and John Favreau, running the animation side, really do. Terms, yeah, what they've and done, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. wait. I think they're waiting to see how the Indiana Jones movie uh, turns out, personally. I, I, don't, I don't think running... Wait, is that one of hers? Oh, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the Lucasfilm. Oh. Yeah. And I hear some horrible hers. rumors about it. So, uh, and... I mean, having an octogen or a near octogenarian Indiana Jones running around is just not a recipe for yeah. you know put, putting butts in the seat. A project I would have greenlit. No, thank you. Me neither. No, no. I would have I would have staffed up Chris Pratt to be the new Indiana Jones and do a whole new series of movies with him huh. in the thirties and and said yes huh. in the thirties make it tales from the gold tales of the gold monkey. All over again. Yeah. Have, have Indiana Jones doing like, do that, do, do but without Disney. the pedophile. So. Right? Do, do, do a Disney Plus series. Yes. Do the Adventures of Marion Ravenwood if you want to. Have hmm. her hmm. running around the globe. Actually, I stuff. think what Disney is hmm. doing is that they're hoping to do a Ghostbusters, which is, you know, how the 2016 or 17 movie was not well received. 16, yeah. There and what's, what's going to happen also with the Home Alone movie, which is horrible. The the remake. Home Sweet re- Home Alone. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, horrible. the one that they dumped on Disney Plus. So yeah. I think what they're doing is that they're going to see if that fails spectacularly, which probably will. Yeah. And then they can just <laughs> ignore it and do what you're saying. And so I have, I have the feeling that if it doesn't look good and doesn't test well, then it'll go to Disney Plus. It'll be streaming, and it'll be streaming like it's a premium. You know, you yeah. pay like nineteen ninety nine or whatever. And I agree with you him. Get that, and it will not see a theatrical release. It'll be basically their version of direct to video, yeah. and it'll be Harrison Ford's swan song as Indiana Jones. He's had a swan song as Han Solo. He's he's basically wrapping up a lot of his franchise yeah. stuff right now. But because I, I, he knows he doesn't have that long. He is he's an old guy. He's not that old. Dude. People can last dude. a while. You know, dude, don't bury the poor man already. You know, he's, he's in his seventies. Earlier this week, Drew, I had the privilege of having an extended conversation with the last surviving attendee of the very first Worldcon. Wow. Yeah, man is 101 years old. Wow. And he sounded extremely sharp to me over the phone. Cool. And so... He ain't running around in the ark. Only because I'm sure his daughter wouldn't let him. You know? It's like, but, you know, the, the key is, how long can people keep working in this industry? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need to do anything, but... 
kind of push him out there and stand him up in front of a camera. I mean, Chadner, William Chadner is the patron saint of that argument. Well, stranger things have happened. I'll be honest. What Mm -hmm. what people demand from an Indiana Jones is very different from what they would demand of several different other. No, I agree with you. I think you have stunt doubles. The look of what they're doing. it's well, I mean, what what I would do is see about transitioning him to a different role. I mean, obviously, I think that the groundwork they were trying to lay for that in Indiana Jones Four was to oh, set up yeah. Shia LaBeouf as yes, the, the next. New, yes. the, the problem you is know, he, the, the, at the atomic age indie, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Oh my God, Spielberg! Well, what were they you thinking? They didn't pursue it. They didn't pursue. It. Hey, but look though, we've only got a couple of minutes left, and Can I, I would say be the one remiss. that really excited me, which is the the prey. Moon Knight. <laughs> no, Prey. From, in Hulu, for crying out loud, the Prey movie in Hulu. Yeah, but yeah, it, 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 you have mentioned it. There we go. But Secret <laughs> Secret Invasion That's cool. was something that With came Samuel out. With Samuel Jackson? Uh, yeah, this Got- X-Men 97, yeah. which is like, oh, you're kidding me. You're going to revisit yeah. that well-beloved uh, uh, animated series? Are they going yeah. um, to animate like, that also in the Philippines? Or do you think they're yeah. actually going to get a decent animation <laughs> stuff? I don't know. <laughs> Spider-Man freshman year. That's coming up too. I am Groot is coming up. Wow. Um, they they teased the Guardians holiday special, which is coming mm-hmm. up next year. How is what Wait, they talked about? Prey what is that, that thing? What is that? What is, is that? Like the, a the division? Special? It's like a like half an hour. How did they talk about that? Uh, I think it'll be feature length, actually. Really? Like it, an extra movie? It should be at least an hour uh, because Gunn has said that his inspiration was the Star Wars holiday special, and it won't Ooh. surprise me if they <laughs> it won't surprise me if they debut Adam Warlock there. Because Will Poulter's already been filming, and he's on set. They're filming Guardians three now. Because mm-hmm. the Guardians movies are not cheap, so that means no. Disney must but be spending a but lot I'm of guessing, money. I'm guessing the holiday special is going to be, you know, like yeah, teaser mm-hmm. for Guardians three, which is supposed to come out soon after. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Um, or like within a year after. Mm-hmm. And Will Poulter's already Adam Warlock. They've shown him on set. You know, these they're with the Guardians cast. And Batista's basically said that he's done as Drax after this. Yeah, he's not happy with that. I heard some of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, he says that he, he's, he's loving doing uh, Rabin in Dune. Or, or Raban, whatever the character's name is. Oh, the Raban. Beast, Beast Raban. Beast Raban, yes. He's, he's loving that because he said that's, that's actual fun. He said he's not just walking around shirtless and saying stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually an exact quote of what he para- said. <laughs> I, I paraphrase slightly, but that's really what he said. And he said mm-hmm. that he's in his 50s. He's, he's not going to want to be shirtless and doing heavy makeup forever. And, and God knows he doesn't have to. He's the, actually a pretty good actor, too. Yes, so. he's actually, he's doing, he's a better actor, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, than The Rock. Because I think he has more range than The Rock. Because well, the rock, the rock is in his comfort zone. He yes. likes playing certain kinds of characters, and he doesn't seem to want to venture much beyond that. And maybe the the few things he's done don't really reflect that. So okay. But Dave Batista, yes, he showed that in Blade Runner that basically and I, and he think, had range. And it's I like, think that John Cena will show a lot of things too. I think Cena is going to be. Do really you think he's going to apologize to China again? Oh, I think I think he'll be. I think he apologized to China. You don't know that story? Oh, we'll no, tell you well, when this yeah, is over. I was going to say you don't have time to tell me that now. <laughs> Fantastic Four After Hours. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. Uh, no, well, I, I, it's no place you can. Well, actually, I guess we could go on like uh, Facebook Live or something, <laughs> or GGR. No, yeah, but, you see, know? but seriously, it's the like, Predator hmm? thing they announced for Hulu, they announced the same day as Disney, the Disney Plus Day. It, the idea is so 
awesome as fun. It's because it's, Disney owns part of Hulu, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was wondering how Prey got up that's, here. That's why they bundled Hulu with Disney Plus and mm. ESPN and that yeah. Geo. It's all They're justifying the subscription yeah. to Corporate. Hulu saying, see well, all the you our, our you rated go. properties we have? Guess yeah. where they're going. There you go. Anyway, look, that is all the time we have for today's episode. I'd like to thank our panelists and you two for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television series. Check your local listings or visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. And you can, if you miss any portion of this show, you can tune in on Thursdays right here on WERA from 3 to 4. Catch the Fantastic Forum radio show. Radio show is also available as a podcast. Thanks to our friends over at the Great Geek Refuge. You can find it on every platform where quality podcasts are found. And you'll find us too. And of course, come back again next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Have a great rest of the weekend, people. Stay safe.